I'm pulling up the discussion points from episode number six. Coming at you, Nolan Axton, Wes Mason again. Between two sheets. Clay's in Mexico. What a loser. I'm just kidding. We shouldn't be mean to Clay this time. We were really mean to him the last time he missed, and it turned out he had an issue. But yeah, Clay's on vacation. I don't want to get canceled, so yeah. Yeah, better be nice. Um, Yeah, so last episode, really good. Chatted about some good stuff. Uh, One thing I want to just ask you real quick, and I think I know the answer because you're here at the Curling Club doing a podcast with me. Did you win the lottery? (laughs) <laughs> no yeah neither did I. I would not be here if I, I, won. I bought my one personal ticket you know that way you can keep the fantasy alive in your head and then yeah. i entered my work pool and uh yeah I, we didn't win the big one because i was just one guy in maine right so yeah yeah of course some some guy in in maine yeah lucky lucky yeah, yeah no unfortunately i was a loser as well but hey can't say can't say i didn't try yeah we're still winning at life yeah 100 percent. number one podcast curling podcast in north dakota I'm glad you stuck to curling. I had to correct myself. <laughs> it's like there's litigation coming. <laughs> but yeah, coming to you uh, from the curling club lobby here on Sunday, the 15th of January, which uh, means some good things here. We got yeah, Winterfest less than a month away. We chatted about that last week on the pod. We had some guys from the Sunrise Rotary in. Yes, yes, we did. And I uh, forgot here, if you can stall for time, I will look up how many registrations and team spots that for, are still open. For Winterfest? For Winterfest, sure can. Yes, I think there's yeah. still open spots. So so registration is open for that. As, as Wes has mentioned, he's just checking to see how many open spots are left. Uh, I know there is a very limited number since it is just a two-day bond spiel. Um, but that is going to take place here at the Curling Club on February 10th and 11th. It's a Friday, Saturday bond spiel. Again, a lot of fun. Uh, modified scoring, real short games, entertainment, um, Good crowd, good people all around. Okay, and I do have it pulled up here. Um, according to the Google Doc that I registered through, there has been eight registrations out of a possible 20, So, uh, which is about what it was when I signed up. So, yeah, get your registrations in. Contact um, the Winterfest committee there, which was that uh, Beth Feldner's handling some of the registrations. I believe it was Beth Feldner's account. name that's on our website, at least, on yeah, the flyer. Yeah. Um, shoot them an email, uh, contact us too, you know, uh, just hit up minotcurling.com or minotcurling at gmail.com or, or stop us on a league night if you want to get in. We'll make sure that your name gets into the hat there. And uh, I'm really bad at doing plugs like this, I guess, because I, I don't look at the website enough. Do we have a link on our website on where you could go to sign up? Clay said we did last week. Let's uh, view that here, though. Bonds, fields, and special events on our minotcurling.com website. Winterfest Bonsfield, right there, registration link. Um, looks like it goes to that same form. So, yep, hit us up, minotcurling.com. Click on the Bonsfields and Events tab, um, and that should take you over there and have the Winterfest link and uh, all the information you would ever need. So, so 12, tentative, tentatively 12 spots left. Uh, make sure you get your name in the hat for that, because like I mentioned, it is it is a heck of a time to come down and curl in that Bonsfield. Uh, we mentioned registration for that, so let's maybe chat a little bit about our registration. Our, our resident registration expert, Clay Feldner, like we said, is in Mexico. So we don't have a full update on you, and we're not going to read off the bad boy list by no means uh, It's this very time small, though. I do want to say that. I'm it is. Out there, I, uh, I think probably only, what, 15, 20 total out of our close to 200 curlers, so yeah, down to 10%. Probably maybe. the smallest I've seen it in mid-January ever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we get a little bit better every year. Every year. Yeah. We're going to be there one one day. Um, so yeah, things are going good there. Again, uh, maybe next week you might uh, get your name read off on the pod if you haven't paid your dues. So make sure you get in and do that as well. You can do that at minocurling.com as well. Yeah, other plugs. Uh, I, I, we didn't discuss these beforehand, so I'm interjecting. Um, you know, we just had two open house, two open curlings. Um, so we've been trying to do more of those practice sessions. We've done them other years. Charlie Young hosted them. 
I send out an email informing people about them. Um, hopefully we'll have some more of these throughout the year. I know uh, uh, Brittany Takiuk, uh, she had volunteered to host one later in the month. Um, hopefully Charlie will do a couple more. Um, anybody else who's interested in helping out with uh, hosting an open practice, you know, if you want to get some more ice time or your teammates or maybe you just want to bring, bring and show a friend, you know, we won't have instructors at them, but you, you can bring a friend if you'd like. Um, hopefully we'll have more of those too. Yeah, and honestly, those are nice to have. I, I, I hopped down yesterday uh, morning, brought a, a co-worker down that curls on Mondays. But when you only curl one night a week, it's kind of tough to get into the swing of things. Um, yeah. You get rusty every week again. So mm-hmm. being able to hop down on a weekend, like you said, when we have an open curl, just keeps things kind of rolling. You get a little more familiar with the ice if you're a newer curler. Or if you've been curling for a while, you can just kind of stay in the swing of things. So yeah. I, I oh, enjoyed it. Since we're plugging things too, you know, uh, the military league um, that I help run, you know, we just got started here January 3rd, had our first real week um, last week. What would that have been? The 10th. Um, we'll have our, our, our week two of real regular games um, coming up. You know, if you're an experienced curler with a Minot Curling Club, and uh, you want to come down, check it out. You know, uh, a lot of these airbase people, uh, they're brand new. You know, most only have two seasons under their belt. So we're always looking for uh, mentors, coaches come down and, uh, you know, while they're playing and stuff, offer some help, feedback, strategy-wise, kind of bootstrap them up to a competitive league in the short season. So if you're listening, you hear that, uh, Tuesday nights between uh, 6 to about uh, 8.30 there, we'll be here curling. So stop on by if you want uh, or hit me up. Uh, you know, it's Wesley here. So. You got my email, you got my phone number probably, so call you know, me. You know how to find him, right? Yeah. If he's not at home, he's probably at the girling club. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, so lots of stuff coming up this week, too. I know we were chatting last week. Uh, we have working curling coming in, bringing some supplies and everything like that. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about working curling and what they do? Yeah, working curling. Um, I believe that this is their third or fourth year they've come up for us because we used to have Dakota curling with George. Um, who uh, still offers some rink supplies and keeps us set with like our paint. Um, that's Dakota Curling Supply. He sold the consumer part of his business off to a couple out of the cities, um, and they don't make the trip up. So uh, Evan Workin and uh, his wife Rachel um, have their own curling supplies. It's Workin Curling, um, W-O-R-K-I-N-G. I don't um, think there's a G on it. I think that there is in their website, but their name is Workin with no G on the end. But I think the website is yeah oh you are you are correct yep no g okay yep work in i apologize evan and rachel if you're listening w-o-r-k-i-n curling supplies work in curling supplies and they um they're out of fargo a uh, nice couple there uh they've been big in curling in minnesota and the dakotas um and uh they're super nice come on down buy some stuff from them they got everything you could ever want for curling shoes sliders um grippers you know different uh teflon pads if you want to change those out uh, brooms heads um Gifts, novelty items, you know, curling pants, curling tops, uh, whatever, whatever you're into, they got it. Um, I think it's getting to be a little bit late now. Um, if you were interested in a specific size of a, a shoe or, or something, you know, you could call them and make sure that they filled that in their trailer because they don't. I don't believe they bring up their whole stock when they come. But uh, they got a pretty good supply of stuff. They come though, so I imagine if you're in that normal. Anywhere from a size nine to twelve men's foot, they probably will have a yeah. I would say even down like in men's eight to like a thirteen or something. I think yeah. I've seen them have. And they handle yeah. outfitting of, of curling supplies, like you mentioned, like, yeah. Which yeah. Yeah. oddly enough, there's a fair amount of curling supplies nowadays. It's not not like it used to be back when well, old guys were doing it. I, I saw a video of my old man on the ice the other night. I actually have to share that with you later here, Wes. But <laughs> okay. uh, uh, even when we started, things were a little bit differently back in the good old days of curling. You could say. Yeah, I think the equipment has came a long ways, and that's that's what gave us the topic for this this podcast. We just wanted to chat a little bit about equipment and, and how far it's come. Yeah, exactly. Um, do I have anything else to add with work and curling? Um, they'll be here January eighteenth. 
this Wednesday. Um, I'm expecting, based off previous years, they'll be here about 6 p.m. to 9. Uh, Well-regular league games are going on Wednesday night. So if you curl in a Monday league or military league Tuesdays or the Thursday league and you want some stuff, uh, make sure you schedule time to come on down to the curling club that Wednesday night. Yeah. And typically they just set up in the downstairs lobby, too, so you come right in the front door and they're usually... Right there. Yep, can't the miss tables. them. Yep. yep, right there in the lobby. All right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, that'll be exciting. to. I, I need myself a new broom. Um, that's why I was kind of hoping to win the lottery so I can get myself a nice... Uh, like balance plus or something yeah a little I, keep, crazy. I keep thinking they've peaked in broom technology like i remember when i got back into curling here and joined this club what seven eight years ago and i was like oh look at these you know uh, plastic brooms they got these are so light you know how did we ever get by before and then they came out from the plastic ones like the carbon fiber and like the air heads and yeah like, jesus they keep pushing the envelope on them yeah. you know and then you want them you're like oh it's really light i, I don't like sweeping he with heavy things i i got an old gold line that i used in high school yeah that thing was super light when it came out and i grabbed clay's broom one day and i thought i was going to snap it in half the thing was so light yeah They're very yeah. durable but yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they are they're surprisingly durable but um some still have weak spots on them i uh speaking of old brooms i still have like a horsehair broom that i keep in my locker and, like every now and then when i get a wild hair if i'm only skipping i'll go use that horsehair broom out there on the ice just for i don't know nostalgia Fro maybe frosty ice it's kind of nice to have that out there every now and then yeah yeah plus you know you can leave a little bit of hair you know where you want if you yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> competitive advantage yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's let's get into equipment. Um, I how are we doing this? Are we? I, I had pitched a history, so I want to start with uh, where we started. Yeah, well, I mean, what was curling when you started curling? First, how old were you, and what uh, did you use? I was knee high to a grasshopper. My old man had me out on the ice when I was. Uh, I like to say I was probably lighter than the rocks. I might have been a. I wasn't that chunky of a kid. I was lanky, but I was tall, so I probably weighed a fair amount. Yeah. But I was pretty twiggy. Um, Curled with regulation size stones, so the 40 pounds of granite. I uh, had to probably put both feet in the hacks and give it a good two-handed shove to get her down the ice. But yep. I started out um, with a, it was a brand very popular back in the day called Eight Ender. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was big down here or not, but that was. That was the broom that I was just referencing. It was the Eight Ender. Um, the youth. Plastic broom is what I had gotten. My my first real broom as an adult curling at this club. Was yeah. it, they're still doing Eight Enders, but yeah, they changed. It, it was all the rage. Yeah, um, yeah. Every, everybody had an eight ender. Um, so did I they, did they sell it at uh, Princess Auto up there or Canadian, Canadian, Canadian Tire? Tire? Yeah, um, yeah, probably they did. That I didn't get that one from there. Mine was a hand me down, um, and it was definitely way too big for me at the time. It was probably about the same height as me. Um, and then I also had a, a half slider, just a strap on half slider hey. that I used for the first good chunk of my life, um, which was different compared to what curling shoes are now for sure. Especially if you use just the half, the toe slider. Yep. Um, but that's where I began way back when I was just a wee young lad, um, and the Minton curling club, the two sheets, dirt floor, artificial ice, but it was a dirt floor. Hey. So it took a lot of work to make that ice as well. But, um, and then what about you? What'd you, what'd you use to start? Um, so I started knee high to a duck as well. I don't know how old I was. I was under 10. I remember. Um, so I actually had a youth curling program in Bemidji that had uh, half size rocks. I think they were 15 or 20 pounds. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble going back that far, but I think they had one sheet on the edge where they would put a circle in the middle too. So you would curl like half sheet. So you'd push them all in the middle and then the coaches and stuff would help you push them back to the end. And then you'd always only go half sheet with these small rocks, but, um, you used a full size broom, which they were, they were just regular club supply brooms. Then, uh, this would have been like 1998 or something. 
Um, so they were wood handles with wood heads, and then they had that. Remember those big pads? Oh you know, yeah. The pads were like three inches you tall used it on as a them. Pillow. You know? Yeah, they were yeah. like it was straight up just like cotton with wool or something stuck inside yeah. of them. Um, and those were quite heavy, uh, but they were fine. You know, for for kids sweeping out there. Um, the interesting was uh, for me when we started. Everybody, uh, you know, your little kids in Curlin, so they'd have you all line up, you know, get ready at the door. And then they'd have uh, one old volunteer would be sitting there in a folding chair with a roll of duct tape. And all the kids would come up and you'd like, you know, stick one foot, your your slider foot up in front of him, you know, just your tennis shoe. And then he would off that duct tape, put one strip of duct tape or two, you know, on your shoe, depending on how wide your, your little kid foot was. And so you you had your slider just as a, as a piece of duct piece tape of duct stuck tape. on your shoe, <laughs> you know, and they'd freshen you up every week and you tear it off at the end. Um, and that actually worked really well for like the kids curling, you know, cause it wasn't like too slippery. So like they could slide a little bit. Like the thing was though, if you're a little kid and it's always on your foot. So you learn to sweep like with your slider, with your slider on, yeah. you know, in Bemidji in 1998 or whenever it was. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, after that transitioned, you know, into to high school curling, um, as a class. And that was with regular, you know, strap on sliders. They didn't have the, I don't know when the step on sliders got popular. Um, I've never seen like those until I came ago. here. Honestly, that was the first time I ever seen it. Me as well. Yeah, but I had had like a five-year curling hiatus, so I don't know when those cropped up. But yeah, they were all the either half or full, you know, strap-on on sliders there. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, I mean, nobody when I was a kid was wearing, you know, curling apparel, unless you were like one of the junior Olympian ones that I grew up with, you know, right. Knudsen. Um, you know, and they had like curling pants and like their team tops and stuff. But otherwise, you're just sweatpants, jeans. Yeah, you're you were wearing, wearing sweatpants, you know? jeans, yeah. Yeah. a hoodie, something to stay warm. If you forgot curling was that day, your boots. The boots, <laughs> yeah. Yep. The boots, curling in boots, <laughs> never a good time. Oddly enough, we still see that here. Yeah, I, uh, I I watch every time we do a learn to curls. The guy shows up in cowboy boots. I'm like, you're just FYI, you're gonna have a bad time today. Yeah, it's not gonna like, be fun. You know. It's, it's not going to go well. Usually the cowboy boots are paired with a nice stiff pair of Wranglers. Oh, yeah. Too, fresh, you know? Freshly starched. <laughs> we got a stick over here. You probably have more success. Um, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, once I got a little bit older, too, um, it was the same thing. Like, went into, I don't know, I was probably 11 years old was when I got my first own broom. And it was an eight-ender youth one, but it was a wood one, like you said. Yeah, yeah. A um, little bit shorter handle narrower head with that big old three yeah they had like the it. six inch heads and the four inch heads yep. yep yep um so that was that was one of that was an actual youth model um and that's what i used for a bit uh but again yeah still just use the half slider learn to sweep with it on now i i can't sweep with the slider I, I hate doing it i feel like i'm gonna fall over yeah i don't i don't love sweeping with the slider on either um i will do it though a lot of times where it comes up is like for curling shorthanded like with three and I'm the one that threw the stone. You sweep I'll your own rock. I'll slide yeah. up there and sweep my own rock, you know, but I'll only do it on that one side with the slider foot forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned, Eight Ender, that was kind of the, the name in curling back when we started. Uh, it, it progressed from there after after a few years. It, Asham was always in the game of curling, but they got big again. Yep. And it was kind of Asham and Olsen seem to be the only two names in curling. When did Goldline crop up? Because this is a history lesson for me. I don't follow the uh, Goldline. I think Goldline's been around for a while. Um, I didn't get my first Goldline broom until I was in grade 11. 11th grade. Sorry, I'm in the States. I'll say it properly. Okay. I was a junior in high school. Um, That was the first time I really seen Goldline start popping up. And that's when you really started seeing Goldline pop up as far as brooms go. And shoes go in professional curling as well. But when it came to apparel, pants, stuff like that, you were still seeing nothing but Asham. Even Callaway, 
uh, dabbled. Yeah, I just pulled up Goldline. They say 1967 was their founder, Ed Flowers. Uh, he passed the torch in 2018 to his daughter. So there, there's yeah. your Goldline equipment company history. Kind of just started growing after then. So, um, But then I went to Goldline to Balance Plus to... Um, what's the other? There's one, another one with line in it, and I can't think of the name of it. Balance Plus, Goldline, Asham, Olson. Olson. I, let's just move on. Yeah. Maybe it'll come to us later. Yeah, I if it pops up, I'll mention it. But um, So now there's a ton of names out there as far as equipment goes. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's I don't know if there, it, there's not really more equipment though, right? Like it's, it's all, there's different options for the same utility. Like now, you know, you, you, the brooms have gotten nicer. Um, and then, you know, the other part with the broom is for sweeping and then for using as a delivery aid. But now there's a ton of like third party you know, you can go buy those delivery aids, yeah. you know, and like we have a number of them here at the club for people. Um, you know, and I, well, before we get into all the different styles of equipment, yeah. like like the different variations of brooms and, and delivery aids and things like that, let's run through a quick list of what you need to curl. Like, what's your base equipment that you need, I guess, so people have kind of an idea of what we're talking about. So we mentioned the broom. Like yeah, said, I would say you need a broom. Need right? a broom. Need a broom. Even though you don't sweeping. necessarily need to sweep, I I just think it's essential. You know, yep. You're not curling unless you got a broom, right? Second thing is a pair of shoes. So if you if you're using a step on slider, nice clean pair of running shoes, typically a softer sole. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't get too slippery. A harder sole shoe, obviously, like a like a boot. It's not. Yeah, what I always tell ice. people who are like showing up for the learner curls or, or just new curlers is like go to Walmart and buy the cheapest pair of tennis shoes they got because they're gonna have the softest, worst rubber mm-hmm. in them, which is normally bad because they'll wear through. But if you're using them as curling shoes, that soft rubber hook, hooks up pretty good. Yeah. you know, on on ice. So. Yep, a little better grip. Um, if if you have your own pair of shoes there's the curling shoes and that's where you get the other brands too the ashams gold lines things like that um so broom shoes and i'd say you don't you want to wear something that allows you a range of motion you know to clothing wise um, yeah not that like you couldn't curl in jeans but you're not going to curl to your full effect and something that restricts your range of motion specifically that lunge position i've, I've sacrificed many pairs of jeans yeah, to yeah throwing I've, stones it always seems so. like i'm doing an instruction when they blow out too Yep, never yep. by myself on a quiet end practicing. Lost a good pair of khakis one time when I was oh. working for KX. I you know, hard it is to find a nice pair of khakis that fit. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and they do make curling pants, which are very similar to a pair of golf pants. I would say maybe a little bit thicker. Uh, they're not going to breathe quite as well because you don't want them to be breathable on the ice where it's a little colder out there. But they give you that nice range of motion. Yeah, like they're like said. a heavier fabric. I don't yep. know how they rate them in ounces or whatever. They're like a 10 ounce fabric versus yeah. a four. You know. yeah. yep. What yep. the thread count is, not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah, Egyptian um, cotton or nothing. <laughs> or, or a pair of sweatpants, like you said, something that's going to allow you to move. And then a jacket, a hoodie. Couple yeah, of, that, that just falls into like whatever keeps you warm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know guys curl in t-shirts regularly, yeah. right? Usually so, you start and start stripping. But. So very... Uh, very small amount of equipment that is needed, but it's a very specific kind of equipment. Yeah, and then you, well, then you put the, all the other specialized stuff is on the club, right? Like, you need to have rocks, you need to have the floor, you, know, you need to have the maintenance equipment. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for personal stuff, um, quite approachable, I would say. And the other thing I always try to sell people on, since, like, we're kind of pushing equipment, is, like, this stuff will last you forever. My current pair of curling shoes are on year five, and, like, they, they don't look any worse than they did on year two, you know? Um, you You'll you'll change them out. You'll you'll have to change out the sliders on them. And that's one thing too. Um, since we're bouncing around here, you know, talking about curling shoes, we want to just get into that topic here because yeah. I got stuff. 
Um, so curling shoes, you know, my, my current pair are the Asham, whatever competitions that are, are really popular because they're on the lower end of the price point, but they're a good shoe. You know, they're like a faux leather top on them. Um, they're a two-piece slider. So, you know, the, I think the big thing with sliders is like, what's the slider configuration? Because I want to say Goldline has moved toward a multi-point slider one because they've got a lot of shoes that are like seven or five different little discs on them. Um, Asham, I had a pair of Ashams. That was a one-piece slider. So the, the whole full, bottom yep. was glued on. You couldn't replace it without like destroying the shoe. Um, and then Asham had that nice uh, um, sweet spot there with the two-piece slider um, and other companies do it too. Don't don't take what I'm saying as like they only do those. Um, but that nice two-piece slider and I really like those because you can swap them out, right? So when I bought it, I think I started with like a five mil, you know, Teflon plastic slider. Um, you use them for a while, you get used to them, you're like, okay, I want to go faster. So then I stepped up into like the seven mil plastic one and now what I've uh, uh, ended up on, and I don't have any plans to change in soon, is I actually have a stainless steel front and then that seven mil on the back, you know, because I don't like having my heel be super slippery because when you put all your weight on it, like, you get real. I get real. I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word. Like, when I'm losing my balance, right, shaky out yeah. there on the ice. Um, so I, that's one thing to consider when you're, when you're looking at shoes, you know, and longevity of them. You know, you get a nice one-piece slider. Those are great. I really like those shoes, but... The downside is after three years, you're going to want to replace those regardless, just because the plastic in them's gotten so scratched up. You know, they're not sliding how they used to. You know, right. you'll be pushing you slow out down harder. A yep. yep. Yeah, and with the even with the uh, the replaceable ones, whether they're multi pads or two pads, or even if they do make a single one that that you can swap out, um, if they're circular, you can rotate them. That's a trick. You guys do that up north, you know, where you take your pads, you know, because they'll get the scratch lines in them from heading the same direction on them, and then you take them, just like twist them 90 degrees, and then yeah. you get new scratch lines in them, yeah. so it kind yeah, of freshens them up. It's like using up. an aluminum bat, right? You don't want to hit it on the same side every time. I do not know that. Oh, well, <laughs> I do not know that. Now, now you do. It's yeah, the same thing. Okay. You just want to make sure you keep rotating them. So, you, like I said, so oh, it so you don't easily. get big dings in them. Okay. It's like yeah, rotating yeah. your tires. Yay. There, that's a there we better. go. That's yeah, easier. now we're back in territory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, curling shoes. And then, what, what are you? The curling shoes are the first thing I usually tell people to buy before a broom. Do you follow that method? Do you say shoes before broom? Yes, and the biggest reason for that is because you're going to be a lot more comfortable in your own pair of shoes than on a step-on slider or on a strap-on slider or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because I think the balance on a curling shoe is just so much better than a running shoe. They're in, they're designed for this game. Yes, yes they are. Yep, they're going to make better contact with the ice. And the the way I always try to sell to people who are wish washy, maybe they're not competitive, is those curling shoes very warm. You know, they're designed to be out there and be stood on on a cold surface. So they have insulation in places like where most other regular tennies don't. You know, because they're right. trying to be comfortable if they're running. It's like no, this one's actually going to protect your foot a little bit more from the cold. So. Yeah, like I said, like a good good leather top or a full leather top however it is yeah, it's, yeah. it's not going to be a mesh shoe by no means or anything like well that. have you ever been standing out there in like a bad pair of tennies like you feel the cold seeping up you know oh, yeah. through your feet it's just like yeah. you're ice fishing yeah yeah, yeah. cold seeping up on you. um but no I, I would agree with you shoes is is definitely the first thing i would recommend for someone to buy if they were planning on curling even just seasonally like if you're not gonna go hard and curl 75 games a year yeah Whatever. If you have a pair of curling shoes, like you said, they're going to last you a lifetime at that point mm-hmm. if you're going to curl seasonally. I had a pair of gold lines that lasted me for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's uncommon to get uh, 10 years out of a shoe. Um, I do want to point out for our, our listeners here, you know, curling shoes have gone up. I checked prices um, here recently because I've been talking about other people. You know, curling shoes are going like close to $200 a pair now, and I'm not 
maybe there's a Canadian exchange rate. I don't remember what websites I was on. Um, but still, you're looking at like over $150 for a pair of shoes. You know, and that's that's not exactly cheap, well, right? I mean, the um, price of everything has gone up yep, this yep. day and age. So, yeah, I mean, if you find yourself a good sale, yeah, you might get something for like 110 bucks. But I, w- I would say you could get yourself a good curling shoe anywhere from like that 150 to... If you really want to go crazy, three hundred bucks. Yeah, I'd say a hundred, a hundred and fifty to like two twenty-five. I think is going to be your sweet spot, unless you're really looking for something specific. Something specific, yep. Um, I do want to point out, you know, there are um, who's who's the guy that make? It's Craig. Craig's curling shoes. You know, Craig's Craig. Have you heard of them? Do you know, I them? have not. They're big on like. Uh, so I'm in like the Reddit curling forums, a couple other ones. Um, they're big on there. Everybody always mentions them. So what they do is like with Craig's curling shoes, um, you buy your own shoes. So whatever tennis shoes you like, you know, and then you send them over to Craig's. I think he's out of Michigan. Um, and he'll actually take the bottom off the shoe and like do a nice epoxy job, like gluing on the, the sliders and everything. You'll get a gripper that fits it and then he'll put that toe um, material on the top there. The so it rides toe, yeah. the save a toe. Um, those aren't cheap. I want to say Craig charges, you know, like 175 bucks or something or 150 to uh, make yourself a custom pair of curling shoes. Um, that's out there if you're on the high end. Um, on the low end, I saw that Craig now, um, they sell kits. So I know there's people here, uh, Matt Fawson, name drop one. Um, like Matt Fawson, he made his own pair of curling shoes. You know, he took a nice pair of tennies he had, he scraped the bottoms on them, and then he took a step-on slider, you know, glued it on there, trimmed the edges all nice, got a gripper to fit it. Um, you know, and so you can make your own pair of curling shoes if you're handy and motivated and have some you know epoxy and different tools laying around you know for around that 20 to 50 dollar mark depending on what you need to buy for tools so that's out there too if you're interested in curling shoes um you know you can send off a pair to like craig's you can try and make your own there's videos on it there's all sorts of resources to uh get you a a better better curling experience with shoes so and if you don't have a canadian tire local you can go to work in curling. You go to work in curling. Yeah, that's that's working. <laughs> working. No G on there. Sorry. Uh, Workingcurling.com. Right. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> Got to double check again. <laughs> double check. <laughs> um, so yeah, and shoes, like you said, have come a long way. I, I, the biggest advancement would be the replaceable sliders. Um, like I said, the the pair of gold lines I had was a full glued on slider. I, my old man had a pair of shoes that he wore for hundreds of years yes. that I don't know yes. how he stayed in them. Well, Mark, that was just yeah. here, you know, Mark's those old, old pair of curling shoes. Oh God. Yeah. Those things just look like they're pretty, <laughs> they're, they're single thread holding those together. Yo, you know? by, they should be in a museum. <laughs> they should. They've, they've accomplished more than I have. <laughs> oh, I know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the stories they could tell. Yeah. I do want to point out here, uh, you know, we thought this was just like our fluff episode. We're at 26 and a half minutes oh. now. So do we want to uh, gloss through the other ones or do Let, we want to, do we want to just spend five more minutes talking about shoes and then leave the other ones for next episode to play? Um, well, let's, let, we can probably bang through all this right now. Let's just chat about yeah. brooms real quick. I mean, yeah. brooms have came a long way, obviously way back in the day when they were the old corn brooms. Yeah, corn, they went corn brooms to uh, leather beaver tails, right? Mm-hmm. So it's corn brooms to leather beaver tails. They were on those for a long time. To a wrapped, I believe it's wrapped, was wrapped cotton, which is the two brooms we got sitting back Is there. it wrapped cotton? I thought they were wrapped leather. I thought they went from be the beaver tail too. to wrapped leather. Maybe they did both too. I'm not sure. Could be. Either way, it was it was loud. Yes, it was very loud. So after the beaver tails was the horse. synthetics, right? Oh, horse, horse hair. hair. Horse went hair. To horse hair after that. Yeah. Um, wood handles, obviously, on all of yep, these still. Still all wood and handles. And you go to the synthetic pads. With wood handles still, with right? Wood so handles synthetic still. fabrics yep. um, with wood handles and heads. Yep. And then they came in with the plastic, the lighter 
composite materials. And that would have been like early 2000s, right? Yeah, they probably were still around doing wood, then, yeah. wood brooms through the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see much for plastic until yeah, early to mid two thousands. I would and say. And that was when they when they switched to synthetics and they got the plastic injection molding down. That was when they switched to swivelable heads, right? Yes. Because that was actually a that was a big transition for me, going from fixed heads to swiveled heads. That's yep. actually a quite nice transition too. Yeah, it, it made sweeping a lot easier. Yeah, you had a lot more angles you could approach that rock at. Yeah, way more comfortable angle, especially sweeping with without a slider yeah it's yeah in tough front to get behind you know with those old fixed head brooms you couldn't like sweep from in front of a rock you know that was right. really uh that was a difficult proposition yep yeah um and now they're on to like i said like the carbon fiber with the airheads where you got a super thin pad um the aggressiveness of the the broom head has changed as well mm -hmm. i know there's there's still the club heads which are fairly aggressive uh when it comes to the grit of the broom head you could say to like a competition head which is a little bit smoother because you got to meet um the curling regulations wherever you're curling yep yep so there's a lot a lot when it came to brooms and, and clothing has just progressed with how clothing has progressed as far as athletic equipment has gone yeah i mean years. it's way better going out and trying to buy a some moisture wicking you know jacket now than it was 20 years ago you know yeah. your options were cotton or wool i, I got <laughs> right? an old and now you got all kinds of ones old wool sweater tucked away in my house somewhere i gotta bring out here it's pretty cool an old uh from an the Elks Corby Cup, I think it was, that my dad curled it. So I'll, I'll bring that out here one day, too. Oh, well, I want to I plug here, you know, I we didn't even mention these, but I think one of the greatest traditions in curling is obnoxious sweaters, um, you know, like hand-knitted or crocheted, you know, like uh, curling sweaters with designs, mm -hmm. like cardigans, you know, yep. with usually a couple buttons on them and, like, some ridiculous, you know, like a, a tessellating pattern on right. them. Yeah, just, I love, just like a I Christmas love sweater every time. Be. Yeah, it's like a Christmas sweater. Every <clears> time <throat> I see, like, just a, an, a gaudy, obnoxious curling sweater, I'm like, yes, thank you for keeping it alive. That, and I, I do miss, uh, was it Thomas Allsrud from Norway when they brought the pants out? Oh, yeah, they were the ones that brought, like, was it the Zubas pants they went with? It was kind of like that. Yeah, it was like, like a just obnoxious, like, kinda, 80s pants. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. crazy design, and, and that uh, added a little bit of fun to the sport, too, so... Um, rest in peace to Mr. Ellsrud. But yeah, that was that was a fun time in international curling. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's just a ballpark on equipment. Obviously, if, if we were to give somebody advice on what to look for in a broom, what would you say are the things? Because I I'm gonna do easy ones price point, right? Like, what do you think you should pay for a curling broom? And nowadays, you're you're gonna you're not gonna see a broom for probably less than a hundred bucks. Yep. Um, the other thing would to me would be the swivelable head. Yep. Yeah, it should have a swivel head, which most of them will. Uh, the should other, have a replaceable pad. Should have a replaceable pad, which back I, in the day they had those as well. Okay. Okay. But it wasn't as easy. Yeah, I imagine it was like out. a two-piece piece of wood. Yeah. You had to unscrew it, and yeah, it was like a pull strain a chair. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the other thing would be handle size. In my opinion, I got big hands. So. I was I was I was hoping that you wouldn't mention it because I was going to say handle size. Yes, yes. I 100% agree with you. Um, I like a bigger shaft on my curling broom because that way my hands don't have to squeeze so small because right. they cramp if they're squeezed too tight. Yeah, and typically together. you see one inch to one and an eighth inch, which doesn't sound like a big difference. But when you're looking, it's a big difference when you're sweeping. Though, I'll yeah. say that. Yep. yep. No, uh, that's that's one big thing I look for personally. So yeah, if you've got a bigger set of hands, you probably want to go to a bigger handle size yep yeah as far as overall like weight on them goes what are curling brooms running now like Oof. with uh, those max heads i mean they're like right around a pound i, I don't say. know I've, I've ate yeah. steaks bigger yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah they're it's amazing how light they are so uh yeah so if you're looking for one you know i would say anything under two pounds super light you know it just depends on how competitive you are and how much sweeping you realistically do you know do you want to spend the money on it to, to get a better product right um, 
so yeah i mean lots of good stuff out there for equipment if you want to dig into it a little deeper than we went to it obviously because we're keeping it a little bit shorter go out there and just dive into the internet work the google machine you can find all sorts of good stuff there's a lot of good information out there there's a lot of good websites a lot of good places to buy them as well yeah and i would say you know if you're out there you're new you're considering options and you want to go all in i wouldn't buy anything over 300 dollars. but you think that's a good top end yeah. unless you're again unless you're looking um, for something super specific yeah. you know keep that as your you know if anything over that they're gouging yeah so. yeah yep yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no it really depends what you're looking for at that point but yeah, yeah i mean that's yeah. a good price point to set yourself up right so um so yeah good stuff on this episode uh we talked Working curling going to be here January 18th, mm-hmm. so this coming Wednesday. Yep. Uh, even if you don't curl Wednesday, swing on down to the club, take a look at what they got. Registration, if you haven't paid your dues. Please do. Pay your darn dues. Yep. Uh, if, you're, if, if your name's on there and you're confused, it might be because you did not fill out the registration form as well, because we need your contact information. I believe that we already sent our list off to USCA Curling as far as who's members and who's not, um, so that ship may have sailed, but uh, we still need you to complete that registration. All right, and then Winterfest less than a month away, so it's still some spots open. Make sure you uh, hop onto the website or, or talk to somebody down here so we can get you some information on how to get signed up for that, uh, for the Winterfest bond spiel coming up in February, middle of February. Yep. All right. Anything you want to add on, Wes? Uh, nope. Everybody's doing well. Talk to you later. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye.